0: Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in depth look at issues from the fields of psychology and mental health. With your host, Gabe Howard, and featuring Vincent M. Wales.
1: Welcome to the final Psych Central Show podcast of 2016. Today, we are going to talk about New Year's resolutions. Vincent M. Wales is with us as always. Do you make New Year's resolutions?
2: You know, I used to uh, when I was younger and more optimistic, <laughs> but I kept failing at so many of them that I just kind of kind of gave it up.
1: Interestingly enough, you, you mentioned failing at New Year's resolutions. I don't know that I have ever kept a New Year's resolution, but obviously the two of us are are not a sufficient sample size or study to decide if that's true. But luckily, the Internet has everything. And Richard (laughs) Wiseman from the University of Bristol way back in 2007 uh, did a study involving 3,000 people and showed that 88% of those who set New Year's resolutions failed at them, despite 52% of the participants being confident that they would go ahead and achieve them. The most common reason for participants failing their New Year's resolutions was setting themselves unrealistic goals, 35%, while 33% didn't keep track of their progress, and a further 23% just simply forgot about it. About 1 in 10 respondents claimed that they made too many
2: resolutions to begin with. Well, I, I don't have anything to say about any of those categories except for the first one, unrealistic goals. I think the reason that people fail due to setting their goals too high is because they don't really know themselves very well. Back when I was teaching writing, one of the things that we did was a a character creation exercise, and a lot of my students were a little bit surprised at how in-depth I told them that they needed to be. I told them that they needed to know their characters inside and out. They needed to know things about them that were never, ever going to be revealed In the stories they were writing and the reason for that is because the the better you know your character the more realistic they will seem when you're reading about them and I think it's true that a lot of people don't know themselves very well and could probably benefit from applying even a character creation exercise to themselves
1: the first thing that I want to say is it sounds like a good New Year's resolution is to get to know yourself
2: better Indeed it does,
1: <laughs> but obviously we don't want 88% of the people that try to get to know themselves better to fail at it. So let's talk about some ways, yeah, but that... I don't think
2: it's, I don't think that's too high of a, of a goal. I, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable.
1: Knowing oneself is, is I, I, I think that's what philosophy is created upon. So that might
2: be lofty, Vin. I don't think so. I mean, there are, there are different levels of knowing oneself. Um, And, you know, we already do know ourselves to some degree, but one of the things that, uh, that I've found interesting is one of the hypothetical questions that are, that is sometimes asked in just, you know, BS sessions is what would you do in a particular situation? And some people's reactions are, 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 very straightforward. Say, well, I would do this. And others would say, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I wouldn't know until I was in that situation. And that, I think, is indicative that you don't really know yourself very well. Unless, of course, the scenario presented was really freaky. Very like true. having a good conversation with Gabe. That would, that <laughs>
1: would be an example. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Interesting enough on psychcentral.com, we have a great blogger. She writes the Happily Imperfect blog. Her name is Sharon Martin. She's an LCSW, and let me give you a little background about her. She is an emotional wellness speaker, writer, and licensed psychotherapy. Her San Jose-based practice specializes in helping overstressed, high-achieving adults and teens learn to embrace their imperfections and grow happiness. She wrote a, a great article titled, 26 Questions to Help You Know Yourself Better, so if you're going to be successful at any goal, whether it's a New Year's resolution or, or otherwise, uh, it helps to have some planning, some ideas. And luckily, Sharon has sort of given us a, a guidebook to that.
2: Okay. Sounds like she'd be a good instructor for fiction writing, too. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I don't know. That is a good question. But uh, one of the <laughs> things that, that she has in her questions to help know yourself better Uh, It's a little bit difficult to go ahead and read off uh, 26 of them. But what's interesting to me upon reading her article, and I highly recommend that you hop on psychcentral.com, search for it and read it, is how easy the questions are. The very first one is difficult. What are your strengths? It's hard to ascertain your strengths. Um, But one of them is, uh, what gives you comfort? I I would think that that wouldn't be a question that you would need to ask yourself.
2: You wouldn't think so, but a lot of people don't stop to think about that they just know that it does but sometimes they don't you know put it all together and say well what do these things all have in common you know a b and c are are they are they related are they completely different could be could be either way
1: very true uh, another uh, again on the list of of 26 questions to ask yourself uh, she has biggest failure that immediately hmm. kind of jumped out at me because when when I read it, what is my biggest failure? I thought, well, of course I know my biggest failure. And suddenly, you know, 15 things came to mind. Uh, obviously, they all can't be the biggest, but was, I was...
2: was... Was your wardrobe one of them?
1: That's <laughs> why I do a podcast. I have a, a face and apparently a wardrobe made for radio. But it was interesting that you would think a question like that would be very, very easy. I mean, what's your biggest failure? Shouldn't you be able to pop that off instantly and move on? I was surprised at what a challenge that easy question, easy I'm making air quotes, became for me.
2: Yeah, I could see that. A lot of people would have an idea that it's, you know, one particular thing, but it might not be.
1: One of the things that she suggests when, when going through these twenty six questions, which also include things like what am I passionate about, what is my happiest memory, what do my dreams tell me, what's my favorite book, movie, band, food, color, animal, I think that should count as more than one, uh, but it that's only one question. But she says you know there are a lot of questions, and she suggests answering only one or two per day and really exploring them in depth. So mm-hmm. obviously, if you just do a couple of days, you're, you're going to get well past New Year's. So I want to give all of our listeners an extension on their New Year's resolution that, that they can really That's take That's mighty time. magnanimous of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good guy. Um, but she also says there's no judgment, and this isn't a race, that rediscovering yourself is a process. And I, I really like the way that, that she phrases this because, well, frankly, rediscovering anything Anything, anything at all, learning anything is a process. And we often think that we should just be instant experts about ourselves when the reality is, is that, you know, most of us don't know ourselves from Adam
2: because we don't really take the time to think about who we are and why we do things and, or anything like that. It's, we just exist, go from day to day.
1: And we don't see the need to. We assume that we have this knowledge. I think that if I could stress anything, and uh, I, I don't want to speak uh, for Sharon because cause she's not here and, and she wrote the blog, but uh, what I get from her writing, and her writing's very good. Again, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's happily imperfect over on psychcentral.com. But rediscovering yourself is a process that you're going to have to do forever. So you're not, we're not going to complete this task And then all of a sudden have it. And we have this idea in our heads that we must know ourselves and that it's almost wrong to have to do it again. And she dispels that myth beautifully. How does she do it? Well, she says things like it's a journey, not a destination. Uh, She says it will take thinking, talking, writing, doing. Uh, There's no judgment and it isn't a race. And I hate to say that I need, you know, speaking purely for me, I'll, I'll talk about me for a second. I hate to think that I need reassurance, but I do because I, I often feel like I'm somehow lagging behind. One of the ways that she starts off uh, the entire article, um, which which I am particularly interested, is developmentally, we wrestle with finding ourselves as teens and young adults, and then we revisit these questions again in middle age. Uh, she also normalizes it. She said it is normal and essential to seek self-understanding.
2: You think this is part of what read what the uh, midlife crisis is all about?
1: <laughs> I think that it's interesting that that we don't that we do it. Obviously, as teenagers, we obviously want to find our way in the world. So that that part right. I understand completely. Um, but it's interesting that when we reach middle age, all of a sudden we decide to do it again. And we've all heard the jokes, you, you, you know, the 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 younger uh, boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, the the red sports car always comes into play, the the hair yeah. plugs. Uh, apparently, I need to get a new wardrobe, I that think, kind of thing. But why do we why do we decide at middle age that we want to discover ourselves again?
2: What's your theory? Well, that's on just that? it. I I don't think it's a decision at all necessarily. I think it's the result of Suddenly realizing that we're not who we used to be. Now this seems obvious, you know, because we do change not only from year to year, but from day to day. So one would think that by the time another fifteen, twenty years has gone by past our our teen years, that that we would certainly be very, very different from who we were. But unfortunately, a lot of us just are not quite on the ball enough to really to really think about it in those terms. So when we, start to become dissatisfied with with things that we thought would make us happy or or what have you, it's sometimes quite a shock. And so we do have a a kind of extreme reaction to that, red sports car notwithstanding.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sharon is very awesome, and, and she... Uh, actually gives us, um, I'm not going to read them verbatim, but she says, why do we experience a loss of identity? And one of the examples she has is that we put everyone else's needs before our own. So we focus on others and neglect ourselves. Um, We're disconnected from our thoughts and feelings. Um, You know, we commonly keep ourselves so distracted and numb with, uh, and she lists like alcohol, food, or even electronics, that we miss important information about who we are, and, and then she goes on from there. And uh, interestingly enough, one of the last ones is that we feel ashamed and untrustworthy. I'm sorry, ashamed and unworthy. And consequently, we bury parts of ourselves. And it, it's very interesting. I can relate to many of these ideas. Your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I I can see a lot of my own thinking or lack thereof uh, in what she's saying.
1: Well, then let's make ourselves guinea pigs in this, in this process. Um, oh, super. So- <laughs> Her uh one of the questions that she asked herself is, When I'm feeling down I like to. So I'm gonna go ahead and pose that question to you. Uh when you are feeling down,
2: you like to Wow. Um Well I I kind of retreat. I, I retreat from, from the world in a way I will uh hole myself up in, in in my in my home, maybe read a book, anything to distract me from from what I was, what, what's getting me down.
1: Okay. And now I'm going to, I'm going to channel the, the author of this piece as best I can and uh, drill that down another level. Why do you think that's what you choose to do? Of all the things that you could do, why is that your decision? Why do you think there's no wrong answer?
2: Well, I think, th- I think it's the distraction aspect of it. When you're down, you don't want to think about what's bringing you down. Unless, of course, you are a, a blues artist, in which case you want to dwell on it. Um, I see that you use
1: humor to
2: to, to do, sort of yeah. move past.
1: So, if you were uh, sincerely, you could you could write that down in in a, in a way. You know, it's a distraction.
2: Become a blues performer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, New Year's resolution right there. Um, no, you don't. You don't want to dwell on it, most people anyway, and so you you want to take your mind off of it in whatever way is easiest for you. For some people, that's just sitting in front of the TV. Um, since I don't have one of those, I, I don't do that. But I, you know, I do read a lot. I'll listen to music. I'll uh, I'll do anything really to take my mind off of it. Well, very good. That doesn't really answer your question as to why, though. I, I guess it's because those are the things that are comfortable to me.
1: And they make you feel better.
2: Well, they don't make me feel worse. Let's put it that way.
1: That's very fair. So, for example, for, for question number uh, 25, when I'm feeling down, I like two. There's an example of of how to really answer that question. And, you know, Vin, being the the star student that he is, was able to accomplish that in sure. three minutes. Now, I, I think if we're, and, and Vin, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong. If you were being honest with yourself, if you really wanted to take some time, you, you'd probably think a lot more and have a lot deeper thoughts that you just don't want to share with the thousands of people that that tune in. I'd like to think so, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But if you were doing this exercise, can you see where each one of these would allow you to get to know yourself better and have a better result at getting to know yourself and succeeding at your New Year's resolution? Sure. So let's move away from rediscovering yourself and pretend that your New Year's resolution is anything else, anything under the sun. Uh, So uh, real quick, I want to give one last shout out to Sharon Martin of Happily Imperfect. But let's pretend that your New Year's resolution is let's go common. Your New Year's resolution is you've eaten too many cookies, you're too fat, you want to lose weight. So obviously just saying Gabe Howard is too fat, Gabe Howard ate too many cookies, Gabe Howard wants to lose weight. That's my New Year's resolution. What are some things that I could do to be more successful at that, that the, the data supports?
2: Well, first of all, I would suggest making it less vague. Instead of saying, I want to lose weight, set yourself a specific amount of weight that you want to lose and make it realistic. You know, don't, don't go nuts with it. Okay. Um, judge, judge by, judging by your past efforts to lose weight, you know what you have failed to do or what you have succeeded to do. So you should have a, a pretty good idea of where your success um, target ought to be.
1: Okay. So I'm going to say that I want to eat less, exercise more and lose 10 pounds. Is is that is that still too vague?
2: No, I think that's a very specific and, and good goal.
1: Okay. Some other things that are recommended uh, according to research is you're more successful if you involve somebody else. So for example, mm-hmm. I am telling you my new year's resolution to lose 10 pounds.
2: So get a workout buddy.
1: Okay. So, and now I need to make a plan. So obviously I've just said, I'm going to, my new year's resolution is to lose weight. Uh, but, but I have no plan. Uh, So, so I'm no longer vague. I've got a specific idea, but now I need a plan. So what am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to join, uh, am I going to get a Fitbit?
2: Well, that would be one part of a plan. Sure. But I think you would also need to be very specific on what exercises you're going to do because you don't want to start doing something that you hate. For example, I hate jogging. There's no appeal whatsoever in running to me. But there are other activities that I do enjoy. I I played a lot of tennis when I was in high school. Not sure my knees could take it anymore, but at least I had fun, you know. So find whatever you do enjoy and focus on that rather than trying to adopt something new that you might not like.
1: You know, I enjoy spending time with my new puppy. Uh, His name is Peppy. So I'm going to take him for walks around the neighborhood. Not not jogs, not just, just a general stroll, me and my dog. So... My new year's resolution went from, I'm going to lose weight in the new year and be healthier to I'm specifically going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to take daily walks with my dog, Peppy, and I'm going to be reasonable and share the results with Vin, who will be my buddy and help keep me motivated.
2: See how much easier that is?
1: Well, not only is it, the, is it easier, statistically, my odds of being successful have gone up considerably. Mm -hmm. so that's how it's done folks Uh, I hope we have taught you a lot in 2016 not just about New Year's resolutions but about all things mental health, mental illness and psychology we here at Psych Central strive to well be the best that we can be and our New Year's resolution to you is that we're going to keep pumping these out weekly so on behalf of psychcentral.com and of course Vincent M. Wales my name is Gabe and we will see you in 2017
0: PsychCentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. PsychCentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is a professional speaker, award-winning writer, and mental health advocate. You can find more information on Gabe and his work at GabeHoward.com. Vincent M. Wales is an award-winning speculative fiction novelist and suicide prevention crisis counselor. You can find more information on Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email psychcentral.com.